Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and these ones are coming fast and furious with the Pan Am Games uh, just around the corner at the end of the month. Uh, this is our third uh, in our series of Pan Am Games episodes, and today we're delighted to have on a two-time uh, Pan Am Games uh, medalist, a gold and silver in the 2015 Games, two-time U.S. national champion, uh, current world number 19, Olivia Blatchford-Klein is on, on the podcast today and uh, we have a really uh, great chat uh, Olivia has met those of you who know her uh, she's really <clears throat> a wonderful person to talk to and uh, we talk about obviously uh, the games which are coming up and uh, how things are going for her and the team and she has uh, you know she gives us a breakdown of the team and also uh, of uh, their legendary uh, coach Paul Asciante. Uh, we also talk a, a bit about her own game, uh, how things have uh, played out over the last uh, little while for her, and she opens up a bit about that. She's been working with uh, Neil Gibson, the Scottish uh, strength and conditioning coach, and she gives us uh, some background on him. And we get into a bit of an in-depth uh, discussion on what he's brought to the table for her. And also uh, a bit of an update on her husband, Alan Klein, you know, uh, the eight, I think, eight-time or nine time uh, Scottish national champion and Olivia updates us on how things are going for him he had a pretty good season last year and he's uh, continuing to work hard I think he has some uh, some events coming up in August so he's going to get his uh, squash season underway in about a month or so uh, a little over a month so all the best uh, to him and uh, also she gives us an update on his chicken pasta cooking skills so we'll hear about that as well so uh, I know you're going to enjoy episode 93 this is our third uh, in our series of Pan Am Games 2019 uh, podcasts. So uh, enjoy this one, Olivia Blatchford Klein. Yeah, sounds good. So um, everything good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I got to have about ten days off um, after the team trial event that took place, like right right before the start of June, and okay. then I'm kind of now it's back to like week four of training back into it so it's, four of it's training. great Okay, well, well, uh, now that we're starting, yeah. let, me just, uh, let me just give you a, a little uh, bio to everyone who, who's listening here. Uh, I've got the former uh, world number 12. She's the reigning uh, two-time U.S. national champion, uh, number 19 gold medalist at the 2015 Pan Am Games and silver medalist in the individual event, gold in the team event and a member of the 2019 Pan Am Games, which are coming up at the end of this month. Olivia Blatchford Klein is my guest. Olivia, great to have you on again. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah it's great to be back, Jerry. Yeah, great. Yeah. Happy Independence Day, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's, it's quite exciting to be talking to you on the 4th of July. Obviously, there's you know a lot of patriotism kind of flying around and Absolutely. I think it makes it extra special if we, you know, are going to be talking talking about playing for your country and things like that. So it's it's quite an exciting time to talk to you. That that that, that the timing of this was uh, was perfect by me, wasn't it? I picked the right day. The right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, how are you spending uh, Independence Day? By the way, it sounds sounds just from the background. It sounds like it's a uh, uh, you're having some fun with some kids back there. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to sneak in a couple of hours of sunshine. Um, 
as most people I'm sure know, squash does not see much sunshine, uh, being that we're an indoor sport. So trying to get a couple of hours in, I got some, I got my training in this morning, a nice little pressure session and okay. actually run a, a boot camp. I run a boot camp at the club. Squash boot camp? Ended up having or, uh... about, yeah, it's like a mixture of like everything, but it's predominantly squash players that come. Though we do have a, um, uh, a college bound, uh, very, very good lacrosse player as well who, who joins in. But yeah, it's kind of a, a mixture of different people. So I ran that this morning and those guys worked hard. And then I had a pressure session uh, with my coach and then I'm doing a little bit of sun now and I'll go back into the gym in a couple of hours. <laughs> okay. So you've got two, uh, is that the, the normal routine, a bit of, you know, a, a bit of training in the morning, do something light and then uh, back to training uh, a bit later on? Yeah, more or less. I mean, some days are uh, a little heavier and some days are a little bit lighter. Um, one of the biggest things this summer, actually, that I've been trying to focus on with my strength and conditioning uh, coach, Neil Gibson, is kind of knowing your body a little bit more and not just saying, oh, I have to do a session because I have to do it, but knowing yeah. why I'm doing it and also when appropriate, slotting in those like ever essential, um, you know, recovery sessions, mobility sessions when, you know, we're so I feel like squash players especially are so stubborn and we have this a complex of like having to prove ourselves I think it's because we play you know this really niche little sport that you know it's it, it's underrated by the general public so um just recognizing I mean, uh, do you mean having to prove to yourself your to, also, do you mean like having to prove yourself in terms of uh you know I'm the fittest I, I can last forever that that kind of thing or I think it's more like just squash players in general are like, hey, like we're here, we're killer athletes, we play this amazing sport, and maybe you feel a little underappreciated for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of, I think we feel like we want to be like, hey, we're, you know, we're important too, and we're killer athletes too, and you know, we we crave that like real deal status, which we already are, even you know, even if we don't have maybe like say Olympic status. Right. No, exactly. Uh, well, the, the Pan Am Games is, uh, and, and the Commonwealth Games are, are the two, uh, you know, the next best things for that. So you've got that coming up, and it sounds like you're in the throes of uh, preparing for that. Now, I was going to ask you later on, because I, I saw you posted uh, on Twitter something from your, your strength and conditioning coach, uh, Neil Gibson, something, um, some new physical uh, preparation for squash and he had written an academic in a, in a journal article so uh, uh can you take us through uh, yeah. that i i was going to, to try to read it today but uh ran out of time but uh, give give us a little thumbnail in terms of uh maybe who neil is and uh, how he's sort of uh when when he came into part of your team yeah um so I actually was lucky enough to meet Neil because he used to do all of the strength and conditioning for the Scottish squash players, um, as well as all of uh, Scotland football as well. So he was a big um, and still is actually involved in the Scottish national team for, I mean, so I guess soccer, football. My Alan's going to kill me for saying soccer. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was lucky enough to meet him quite a while ago and he's kind of taken on his role at like at the, the national training center in Scotland. It's kind of taken, a, a, he's taken a different role. So he's actually moved away 
from squash. And I was like, Hey, well, this is my opportunity to kind of sneak in there. Um, I was already kind of lucky enough to have interaction with him and, you know, he has an incredible knowledge base. I mean, he's super smart, extremely, you know, well studied. And the biggest thing was that, you know, he, he, he has taken the, you know, the, 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 how to train a squash athlete and really given that a scientific look and wanted to, you know, had a hypothesis and decided to follow through like how he believed to see benefits for squash mm-hmm. players, you know, cause there is really no how to, you know, squash players have trained for a long time as if they were other athletes. Um, and there was never, you know, a book on how, how to, right. you know, how to train this type of athlete. And so he went about, you know, putting together his study, um, you know, using national team members, but, and he's, I mean, this has been over the course of, of many years, but he finally published his paper and it basically talking about essentially like areas of heart rate zone, where you want to be working, mm-hmm. what are you looking to really test? What does, you know, what does a, you know, if we're doing a submaximal test, what are we looking for in a max heart rate? What are we looking mm-hmm. for in a recovery? What does that heart, that maximal heart rate, what does that mean in a submaximal test? Um, what are we looking to do in order to really to, to essentially grow the aerobic base? So we're trying to actually increase fitness, but what does that what does that mean to a squash player? You know, everything for us is very interval based. There isn't this yeah. idea of you know, although we play long grueling rallies, there it's not an a per se an endurance sport. It's an, it's, it's it's like high intensity interval training endurance. Right. Um, right. And so he kind of went through and and was able to compile, I mean, in, in, uh, during my time in Scotland and, you know, obviously I spend a lot of time there now, they have all always been incredibly, incredibly disciplined in their compilation of data, mm-hmm. um, back mm-hmm. from when Roger, the coach, they were always compri- like compiling all of this data on how you were feeling each day. What was your recovery? Did you sleep well? You know, were you feeling, what was your emotional state? All of these things. And also they had, you know, consistent testing, whether that be on a treadmill for, you know, lactate training or lactate testing or, you know, uh, body composition. They were always extremely diligent about compiling that data. And I think what it's enabled Neil to do along with um, Katrina Gibbon, who is his kind of his, um, who's a co-author on the paper and has also worked with the, the Scottish squash players for a long time is really kind of have a comprehensive guide. And I mean, I say guide, it's not telling you what session to do, but it's essentially what are you trying, what are you looking to do when you're training a, a squash athlete? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I'm not doing it any justice by saying this. It's also extremely scientific and um, I am a squash player, so. <laughs> but, yeah, right, right. but the knowledge, that <laughs> but the knowledge right. that there, that there is incredible. And I mean, it just, I, I've always felt this way that Neil's always been um, the type of person who wants to, to find what's best and do it the most efficient and the smart, you know, the smartest way for his athletes. You know, there's no excess of anything. It's like, how do we, do something that's going to really make a difference with the least amount of strain on the athlete 
that makes the huge, you know, the biggest difference. Right. Now, I'm just wondering, were there any of his findings uh, surprising? Like, like for me, for example, uh, in my own little little training uh, that I do, I mean, I try to get my heart rate consistently at a relatively high level, keep it there, and then short recovery, and then again, and, and try to, you know, the old, uh, what, what you, the, the bike sprint routine or something similar on a, an elliptical or, or sprint. Is there anything... Uh, you know, that, that's kind of the tradition amongst squash players in their training, I think. Is there anything that he came up with that might be uh, surprising in terms of uh, that might go against the, what we've done in the past? Um, yeah, I actually found my, one of the most, was, I mean, yeah, a lot of it is that, you know, teaching your body how to deal with lactate, which is essentially when you're, when you're interval training, where, where how are we able to clear um, clear mm. lactic acid out, right? That's like what we want to do and becoming more efficient at that is very important. But mm-hmm. like aerobic capacity is actually not built, you know, in that 95% zone. Aerobic capacity is built at that like 85% zone. So 85% of your max, how long can you stay there where you're like not out of sorts uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but you're uncomfortable right, and actually right. elongating that period of time. So let's just say instead of being on a bike and doing, 40 seconds on 20 seconds off and the 40 seconds is absolutely terrible, but then you have the 20 seconds of recovery. Can you be like uncomfortably uncomfortable for let's just say six minutes and then have one minute recovery and then do that again. Right. And, okay. and essentially building it so that your, that work to rest ratio, it, it's that that work is, is at an uncomfortable zone, but it's like just at your edge point before you start really producing lactate. Um, I thought that was super interesting because I was always under the impression like, okay, like I'll just go really run really fast. And, you know, I like to go on the treadmill and pick up the, the speed really high, but actually being like, uh, even what I would have presumed at the beginning of my work with him was like kind of slower than what I was wanted to do, but it was like just little areas of like, okay, we're going to add, you know, instead of, instead of you, you know, resting completely we're actually going to have you go up to you know nine miles an hour for this amount of time but then you're actually not going to stop you're going to continue running but we're going to knock down the pace to say you know an eight minute mile so you're going from an eight minute mile to like a 640 minute mile and you're having to recover in that and how can you aerobically fuel yourself as opposed to just all the time like having to be efficient at clearing out the lactate mm-hmm. which That's you have it. to learn to do as well yeah, oh, that's very that's very interesting. I'm going to have to uh, access my. I, I work at a at a college, so I think we have free. We I, I might be able to access his journal article uh, somehow through the uh, through the database. Yeah, it's, so, I mean uh, it's really fancy. Mm. <laughs> it's really fancy, and there's a lot of big words, um, but it, <laughs> yeah. it really is spot on. It and it's very interesting. Like I started working with Neil, um, probably kind of middle of February, and I mm-hmm. I felt a huge difference. Um, when I was just following his program was, was huge. I felt almost, almost immediately that, you know, what type of work has to be done at certain times. And okay, this is what I have to do now. But he was always very like, okay, we, we yeah, we want to push the bill here, but actually like, I want you to take one step down, but then do a couple more reps of this, you know? Right, so it was, right. yeah. He's a very, very intelligent man, and I'm. I feel very, very lucky to um, get to tap into his expertise. And uh, I'm guessing uh, Alan also uh, works with him a bit. 
Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has been um, yeah. working with him for the past, however long. And obviously, um, Alan's not exactly uh, unfit. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, um, and another I, thing, I think that has been. No, no, go on. No, no, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, Alan's known for, for his, uh, definitely known for his fitness, but he's obviously worked with him in the past, being a Scottish uh, national champion eight times, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, Alan's kind of always had a huge engine on him, but one thing that people kind of don't mention is that he's been playing a long time and he plays a very physical game mm. and knock on wood, he hasn't had basically any injuries um which you know neil has puts a huge precedent on a lot of functional strength training so looking to really you know we do a lot of one leg base work and a lot of things that are looking to like how do we strengthen this muscle group but also strengthen you know the smaller muscles around it and the supporting muscles so that we don't have that risk of injury when we're going in and doing those you know sharp movements hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's some may, maybe his uh, his research is something that uh, maybe we can all uh, look into and, and see what we can uh, glean from it ourselves. You know, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, now, Olivia, I'd, I'd like to look back at, at last season. Uh, I think you had a pretty decent season. You won two or you you won a Challenger Tour event and also got to the finals uh, of one. And perhaps you, you had some up and down results in, in the bigger tournaments. But um, how did you feel the season went? And were you able to overcome? I think you said somewhere where you you'd felt like in the past you've been putting uh, square pegs into round holes and, and not able to seek out the knowledge okay. that you were uh, that that you felt you needed to to do. And obviously, working with Neil Gibson uh, is a step in the right direction. So, how did the last? Uh, season go for you in your in your estimation um <laughs> i think that uh past season is kind of a i like to call it the what doesn't kill you makes you stronger season mm-hmm. um it's funny enough i actually <laughs> i actually had a lot of um off-court stuff going on a lot of uh hard times uh with my family and with uh very close friends like it was a it was one of those years where actually um I felt quite vulnerable Mm. very much off the squash court but especially on the court um there was a lot of stuff going on and pretty much starting (laughs) straight from the season and then I'd feel like I kind of get some a little bit of air and then like you know another another bomb would drop and it was it was actually very it was very hard um you know there was you know when stuff's going on outside the court and I, I I'm sure everyone goes through this, but hmm. I think compartmentalizing what's going on is very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember parts of the season being so angry and I'm not a very angry person. Like I, I can be, I can have moments, but I was, I was angry and you know, I, I try and give myself a little bit of slack. You know, when I talk to my, my sports psychologist, you know, he's like, you have to forgive yourself. And, but I did not compartmentalize this uh, very well at all. And I think it, sh- it definitely showed. Um, mm. I had moments when I felt strong and when I felt powerful. And that didn't necessarily result in wins per se um, or, you know, great results. But, you know, I, 
I survived. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're still that, you're still inside the top I twenty, aren't you? Uh, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you know for for all that was going on, and to be honest with you, like I'm actually now that I look back on it, you know, when you're going through it, it's like, oh my goodness, is this ever going to end? But I look back on it and I think you know what, crap, like you're tough. Like you can get through a lot and you're a lot tougher and stronger than you might think. And you also like, you can, you can trust yourself that when the going gets tough, like you can handle it. Mm. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, that squash is, I love squash, you know, obviously it's, it's everything to me in many ways, but at the same time, it's, it's not everything. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm, I am a human first, not, not necessarily, I'm not, there's no right one or wrong one, but I'm very much a person who's, who is human first, e- even on a squash court, probably to a fault sometimes. Right. Um, but I have to say, like, I, I look back and I, 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 I made it through, you know, my whole goal was trying to make this Pan American games team. And mm. there were a lot of hoops to jump through. And I went and I kind of, I got my job done with that. And you know, the rest of it, yeah, okay, numbers and stuff, but, you know, ranking, schmanking, like, there's only so much you can do about yeah. that. Uh, but I hung in there, and I, I kind of got to grip my teeth. So, you know, there were ups, you know, winning Calgary was fantastic, winning U.S. Yeah. Nationals was fantastic, and, and there were downs, you know, like, I, I didn't have a great September last year, and um, there, there were moments, you know, there were mm-hmm. moments where I'm like, you know, why the heck am I, you know, why do I put myself through this, which I think you're only really playing professional squash if you ask yourself that at least twice a year. Like if you're not asking yourself that twice a year, like why am I putting myself through this? Then you're not playing professional squash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you had, I mean, you had some, you know, like, like you said, not some, not so good results, but you also had some, some good results. I mean, like you said, you won the, uh, the, the national title for the second time you won in Calgary. Um, and yeah. you also, I mean, you, you played, you had your PSL uh, debut back in the winter, I think it was. So, uh, how did how did I that did. go for you? Yeah, yep, I did. What was your uh, what was your PSL experience um, like? Well, I got my butt handed to me by Sarah Jane. However, huh. right. I definitely won the battle of the best spectators because it was at home in Newcastle, and I don't know. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this who's been to a PSL match where any, whether it's in Newcastle or they're playing a, the team from Newcastle in their home, mm-hmm. they are the loudest, most supportive, best, 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 best PSL league team to play, to play for because Newcastle. the energy mm-hmm. that is brought every match is insane. Newcastle, they are brilliant. Like, wow. oh my goodness gracious. I had such a blast. Um, and who who was on the team with you, uh, Olivia? Who else was on the team uh, with you? Ooh, I'm trying to think that day. Trick question. Um, I know this is actually very tough. I think it was who was playing. No, it was okay. So Rory Stewart. Okay. Uh, drove down with me from Scotland, so he was definitely there. Um, Chris Wiggins was actually is a uni student for Newcastle and he got like the call up. Okay. Uh, so he was playing so that there's three of us. So I just need two more. Um, um, Iceman Pietro Sweetman was there killing it as per usual without breathing out of his mouth <laughs> at all. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think it's, I want to say Owen Taylor was okay. our, was oh. our, our other guy. Okay. But it sounds, it sounds was like a nice team absolute, there. It was such a blast. Yeah. Now, don't, it doesn't was, it, it was fantastic. We had a blast. I mean, we, we lost, but it was good. Doesn't it make you sort of feel like, can, could you, do you think you could replicate that uh, stateside? Like, especially in Boston, New York, or even in just New York City or Philadelphia, have some, uh, have a Premier League uh, or a PSL type thing there. I'm sure you could probably replicate that given, you know, you have everything in place. I know it's a, it's a big, you know, it's, it's a daunting uh, task to, to build something like that, but uh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, totally. It'd be fantastic. And it's something that I think not only for, you know, your senior pro players that are on tour or, you know, really high level amateur players getting the opportunity, but I think your juniors like getting to, mm. you know, maybe play sometimes, but also. Yeah, well, you just mentioned the call up there, watch. right? The, so one of your guys got called up. And, yeah, you know, that exactly. Kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and there should be. I think, you know, squash is one of those sports that I'm, I think right now, like we have a huge, like this cosmic shift in, you know, in U.S. squash right now, we have so many kids playing. I mean, it, it really is such an incredible thing. And I think that right now it's, a, it's still very individualized. Um, you know, you have your kids who are making your national teams and things like that, which is fantastic. And obviously, you know, that is kind of the, you know, the, the, you know, the pinnacle of what we're trying to achieve. However, there is also very much a, an element that I feel is missing that that league element of being, you know, your, your, your clubs and, and having this, this camaraderie, yeah. you know, we're always trying to, to beat each other. And there's a time when the, to go and cheer for your teammate and to, but then to go and have dinner with them afterwards, you know, that's one of the best parts of, you know, English Premier League is that you're, you go and you have dinner with, the people you just played yeah. you know, there's not this idea of like oh i've won you've lost like we go our separate ways it's like no you have to go and buy that person a drink and well, that's, that's you know, what we do in the, in the league here in the uae we have the same in in this premier league in the leagues here you you visit if you're the away team uh, the home team will provide a, you know dinner and drinks for you after and it, it, you know you play hard you you know it's very competitive and then you have uh, have a have a drink together after that's exactly right. And I think that there's, you know, there's so many, like, there are, there's New York Squash League. And I've been lucky enough that, you know, New York Squash has, and has started, you know, trying to put in these kind of, they call them, you know, pro league, but they, it ends up being kind of like, you know, one boy, one, well, one man, one female player, and then playing another one and they, they'll say, okay, you're part of this club. And it's fantastic. You know, it ends up being more of an exhibition as opposed to like counting up points. You know, there's something to be said about like sticking in there for the long run as well, where it's, you know, not just a one and done, you know, oh, one match or one weekend tournament. It's like this is a compilation of like performances throughout the year, right? Like that's the special thing about league. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's really, I, I definitely wish that there was, there was more of that. And I think, I really do think that there, you know, as squash becomes more public as well, you know, as we get it into public clubs, um, state side, I do think that that's going to be, a, you know, have a greater chance of thriving because, you know, right now it's kind of in the, uh, what's the right word? 
you know, it, it's still an upper class sport at, at a very nice, you know, country club, but yeah. we're, we want it to be, you know, grassroots. We want it to be something that anyone can touch and anyone can be a part of. And I think that once you get just, you know, <laughs> a couple of regular guys playing their league match who want to have a beer afterwards, I think that that's when it's going to thrive the most. Absolutely. Now, are, are you going to play again next year for, for Newcastle? I hope so. If they'll have me. Of course they will. <laughs> I, yes, didn't, they I will. didn't contribute <laughs> to <laughs> no, of course they too will. Much. I only played one. I only played one, but it was it was really fun. That's why I certainly hope so. That's good. Well, yeah, that that'd be great if you uh, if you get. I guess you'd have to get over there more regularly though to for them to uh, you know call yeah, call definitely. on yeah yeah. Now uh, now the yeah. main it's reason. Uh, sorry. Yeah, to get the call, I'd yeah be over there a little bit more. You have to be well. I guess being in Scotland a lot of the time does that is that a, an easy is that an easy uh, trip for you to to get down to Newcastle or any of the uh, other venues? Or? Yeah, yeah. Newcastle Newcastle's close. We're about an hour and forty five minutes drive, okay. an easy train ride back. Um, so that's not too bad. It's more once you go any further south in Newcastle. Edinburgh seems like a long ways away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, um, now at the end of the month, obviously, um, the reason I asked you to come on, well, obviously, want to talk to you about about your squash game. But it, it's, uh, you know, I've got this series of Pan Am uh, games uh, podcasts I've just had. Uh, you're one of your teammates on recently, uh, Andrew Douglas. Really, really great chat with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, yeah. I just had. Um, Andrew Schnell from the Canadian team. The, the boys are defending their title, just like you're defending your, your team yep. title. So, and it's yourself, uh, Sabrina, yep. and Amanda Sobey uh, on the team. So how are things uh, shaping up for you guys? And uh, are, you, are you ready to – I know you've got a bit, maybe a bit of a target on your backs being defending champs, but uh, the, three of you, the three of you are, are a very formidable uh, trio, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, on paper we are, you know, we'll be seated at the top, but it's by no means going to be an easy feat on, on any, on any field, you know, um, they're introducing an extra doubles event this year. Usually it's just men, men's and women's doubles. Now they've got the mix. So oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, besides the, yeah. So besides the, besides the one, um, and you can have two players playing the individual. So, Besides that one person who isn't playing the individual, everyone's going to be playing basically from the word go. I think actually the squash starts before the before the opening ceremony even oh, happens. Really? I think okay, we're the yeah. day before the the evening of the opening ceremony because we need to get so much of there's so much squash to be played, which is so exciting. And mm. yeah, I, I, honestly, I think that you know I've been on teams with Amanda and Sabrina for basically since <laughs> since the yeah. beginning of. Um, well, certainly the beginning of Sabrina squash and, uh, you know, Amanda and I came up through juniors together. And I think that it's one of those things where, it, you know, we know each other well. We know kind of, all right, who needs what at what time? Who needs to, a little push here? Okay, who needs to be like just listened to? Who needs what? Who needs some silence? Who needs some talking with? And, um, and I think that understanding the team dynamics is one of the most important things. You know, we're going to be in close quarters. There's going to be a lot going on at a game. There's, 
so much energy, so much hype. You have all these other sports going on. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things for who can hold their, who can hold their nerve and who can, who can manage. And a lot of it is going to be management, management of nutrition, of recovery, of who's able to get to bed earliest because it's going to be a lot of early wake up and, yeah. you know, body maintenance. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm really you gotta excited. Get, you got to get home uh, early. You can't be staying that. out, uh, can't, can't be staying out late at night, uh, either. You'll have the, the temptation. Uh, oh, uh, no. Well, <laughs> no, no, well, no. that's true, but they call me the grandma. So I just, I just tell everyone, I'm like, okay, we're going to bed now. I'm, they call me grandma Olivia on the team. Um, oh, they've also okay, called me right. that since I was 15 years old. So right yeah. on, right on. Now, uh, <laughs> Now, I mean, uh, Sabrina's uh, started playing some really good squash, and obviously Amanda, um, I think she's, is she in the top 10 or right now? Yeah, she's eight Yeah, she just got, got to the top 10, that's right. So you guys look like a very strong team, but uh, so do uh, my compatriots, uh, the Canadians, three girls now in the, yeah. uh, in the 30s in the world, and, and they're all playing really well. You've played... Um, I think you've played Holly uh, several times this year. I think you've won two or three, and she's won a yeah. couple or one. Uh, so, and then Danielle and Sam always uh, always tough. So, the Canadian uh, women might be uh, the ones you your uh, your your stiffest competition, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of always usually well tends to come down to the U.S. versus Canada. Um, <clears throat> And it, it's true. They have such depth. You know, all of their players, like, beat each other throughout the year. I mean, there's honestly no room between between any of them. No. Um, but I think that it's, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's never going to be easy, right? Like, no matter who you play, when you play it, you know, from day one to, you know, day six, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. um, there is nothing that's going to come easy. And I think it's just going to come down to, you know, putting your head down and, and, and getting over the line, no matter who it is, because everyone's tough. This is the games, you know, there's a different, it, it brings out a different animal in people. There's, mm. it, it asks more of you in a different way. And I think that it's going to be interesting for sure, but I, I'm totally, I'm really, really excited. You know, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, that, you know, you look forward to this and it like the last, you know, Toronto was four years ago. I mean, that's insane that four years has already gone by. It feels like yeah. yesterday that I was arriving in the, you know, that we were arriving in the village um, there and now it's going to be Lima four years later. So I'm just, I think, I think, you know, we're definitely in there with a great shot. And I know mm. that, you know, Amanda and Brina are, are going to be incredibly well prepared. I know I'm trying to, to prepare myself the best as possible and we'll give it our all at the, you know, at the end of the day, that's all, we'll, you know, have nothing left. Yeah, very strong team. And Sabrina, uh, she just started playing more regularly, I think, on, on the – she played a few events and done, she's done really well. What's uh, for, for yeah. most uh, – is her game uh, similar to Amanda's or are they, they a bit uh, different in the way they play? Yeah, they, they are very different. Um, you know, Amanda's kind of got that you know, a powerhouse there's a lot of deception there. Yeah. Um, you know, her goal is to, She's to tenacious, really step up and very volume. tenacious. Sabrina's a little very, very tenacious, you know, takes a lot of risks and stuff. And Sabrina plays more, I would say more of a, kind of a, a little bit of a, more of a classical game, super mm -hmm. talented, lovely hands, you know, same like Amanda. They move very differently. You know, obviously Amanda's, you know, a lot taller 
and left-handed, you know, and Sabrina's, uh, I think she's a couple of inches taller than I am and right-handed. So they obviously have kind of different movement styles, Mm -hmm. Um, but she gets a lot of balls back, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun to, because they, they're, Obviously, they're sisters, but they have extremely different personalities and get different game styles. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting to see how, like, you know, that n- nature versus nurture kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they both, you know, learned a lot of squash from their father. Um, but they have completely, you know, their games have evolved to completely different beasts, which is, which is really cool to see. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it sounds exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Especially, I mean, I'm being Canadian, obviously, uh, like to see the Canadians win. But you guys have a great team, great three great uh, players on the team. So, uh, good luck with that. Yeah. Now, now um, I'm hoping I, I reached out to him earlier. Yeah, uh, I reached out to your coach or one of your coaches earlier today, uh, Paul Asciante. He's been on once uh, before, and he yeah. hopefully he's going to come on, and he's uh, going to. I guess you could call him the general. He's been around for 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 such a long time, such a well-respected and uh, oh, yeah. gifted uh, coach. And then the, the Canadian coach, obviously Martin Heath. And you've got uh, the all, several other very talented teams out there. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about Paul and how he uh, approaches these things, uh, this event. You know, I think Paul has obviously. I mean. Not only is he the the winningest coach in all of you know college sport history, which is an amazing achievement in and of itself, but he also is an, was an elite athlete himself. You know, people forget that he was actually the alternate to the I believe it was a 1980 Olympic Games. He was a gymnast. Um, oh, okay. So he, he knows competition. He knows high. Yeah, he mm. knows high level of competition and. What I like to think about Paul is that he knows how to get the best out of the players. You know, he, he knows that no two athletes are the same, that they deal with things differently, and he's able to coax performances out of them because he has the ability to, you know, to squeeze the best out of you. And he's willing to, you know, to, to be one, one person for, for, the, for what they, you know, be one person for a person for what they need. Mm-hmm. And I think... And, and maybe another for another. And I think that that's just such a, an invaluable trait as, as a coach, right? Because you do have different athletes with different needs, with different mindsets, with different ways of coping. And, you know, if you can have a coach that's able to cater to all of those people and be what that, per, you know, what that athlete needs, you know, then you're going to get great performances out of people. And he clearly, as, you know, does time and time again, you know, with his team at Trinity, he, he is able to do the same exact thing um, with his U.S. squad. And it's, it's really fun, you know, to, to, to be coached by him. Absolutely. Yeah, he's such a, a nice guy, too. Uh, a bit intimidating, you know, knowing his background. Uh, I'm going to have to prepare well for, for uh, speaking with him. But he's such a, you know, nice guy to talk to. So, uh, and, and obviously a tremendous uh, coach. So I'm looking forward to uh, to having him on, but I just wanted to—I I think it would be remiss to ask uh, you uh, about your your husband, um, Alan. He had, he, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he won his eighth uh, national title. Uh, he's into the top fifty in the world. Uh, he's a guy that I, I really enjoy watching play. He he works hard. Uh, he he has a different uh, style of play. You called it physical, and uh, he also uh, expects you to prepare uh, pasta and chicken for him. Um, for dinners, uh, apparently. So, <laughs> tell, 
yeah, tell us a little <laughs> bit about, about uh, how, how's he doing and um, how are, uh, what, what are his uh, squash uh, plans for the summer? Yeah, Alan's good. Um, he's actually, he's, it's nice for him. He's got an extended summer, so he's just going to be getting ready for his tournaments. Uh, he, I think he starts in Houston, uh, actually in August. He's the type of guy he likes to get a lot of tournaments in. Um, he loves competing. Mm -hmm. And so kind of for him, the priority is like, I want to start already. Um, so, yeah, he's just, as he always is, working hard. But he's making a couple of changes, which are really exciting to see. And, you know, look, you know, squash is it's one of those sports where it requires that that absolute love and, and that dedication to it. And, you know, Alan gives himself to it wholeheartedly. And it's something that I've always greatly admired as a fellow player and I, uh, something I love a lot of, about him is that he you know he sticks to it and and he's he's he he's not willing to to give in or give up and that's obviously the way that he he plays um I know that he definitely you know is is looking to try and get back um in the top top you know 20 24 in the world um yeah. and and kind of make his move uh He's, he's lucky he, he, like I said before, he hasn't had many injuries and his body holds up abnormally and fantastically well um, to all of the hard training that we do. So, you know, he's looking to keep on making movements. He's still feeling physically strong and, you know, he keeps on making adjustments and adding things to his game. And I just, I, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a big adjustment for, for him to get, you know, we got married. It'll be it'll be a year uh on the 14th which is kind of crazy yeah. Yeah. um yeah, yeah, we, yeah we we spoke kind of about it was about this time last year wasn't it uh, about 11 months ago yeah, according to, right. to, to the right. website yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah so so i guess uh what's the uh the period of the, the newlywed period is that six months it's about six months. Isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I feel like we've been, <laughs> I feel like we've been married forever. I don't know if the newlywed period was be before we actually got married or. Right. Um, <laughs> you got, well, you guys married, uh, had met no, a few been, years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're we'll be have been together for seven years in January. Wow. So oh, it's six and a half years essentially. So it's been a while. Um, as I say to say to everyone who will listen, he he stole my entire youth because basically since I I've been 20 years old I've been with him so I just say oh, <laughs> that old man stole my youth but right, right <laughs> and that's right. good it's really good that's great and uh, so what does he do then when when you're not at home uh, who's about the, about the past and chicken does he cook does, is he able to do that for <laughs> himself or. <laughs> He can. He he can cook. In in fact, he can cook pasta and chicken. Okay. Um, it will. Yeah, have, if you can't cook if pasta, then, then, then pasta there's something chicken. wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. But he can cook pasta and chicken. Now, if he was to cook you pasta and chicken, if you were to come over to our house and I was not there, your chicken would have no seasoning, and it would <laughs> just be baked and just put on on top of your pasta with um. I don't know if it's if you guys have in Canada a, a brand called Home Pride, but with a, a home pride tomato bake sauce so on a pasta <laughs> okay um, yeah. that's, that's about as like cuisine cuisine as he gets um right he's on. definitely not looking to win any michelin stars by by any by <laughs> by no. any means but he can cook he's a fantastic dishwasher 
Like okay. Vince, okay. he really washes a dish like like no one else. So that well, that's, that's usually that, that tells his, us that tells us everything we need to know, right? You you <laughs> you do most of the cooking and, and he does the dishes. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, Olivia, yeah, uh, my message for me, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, Olivia, I just want to uh, thank thank you again for coming on. Uh, really enjoyed chatting with you. Wish you uh, all the best at the Pan Am Games uh, coming up, and also next season. And uh, let's do it again uh, this time next year. <laughs> Sounds good, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, thanks again so much, Olivia. That was wonderful. I really enjoyed that. And uh, definitely Team USA with uh, with Olivia, Amanda, and uh, Sabrina Sobe. Uh, they, those guys are definitely favored uh, to, uh, to retain the, the team gold. But uh, don't look past Team Canada. I mean, they're, you know they're gunning for that one. Three, uh, the three of them, Sam, Danielle, and Holly, all playing extremely well this year. Really, move, I think they've all moved up significantly in the world rankings. They might be all in the top 40 now, in around the thir- all in the 30s in the world. So just an incredible accomplishment for them this year. And they'll be gunning for that team uh, gold uh, as well. So it should be really interesting to see how that plays out. So uh, anyways, this was our third uh, in my series of uh, Pan Am Games podcast episodes, and we have several more uh, hopefully coming up. I don't want to jinx anything, so I won't uh, mention names, but, uh, you know, we're hoping to get uh, a few of the few of the coaches from some of the teams, uh, some of the other players uh, from the from the South American countries hopefully will be coming on. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and hopefully that hope that uh, that that comes through for me. So uh, anyways, regardless, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, keep on listening. Keep on sharing uh, the podcast with your uh, squash friends and your squash community. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye now.